0: Studios of Sports Radio KJR. This is the Coors Light Hawks.
3: I just really don't think the
2: expectations are one bit different inside our locker room than they've been since I've
0: been here. Presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. Refreshing dog fans all season long.
2: We expect to win every game we play.
0: And brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burian Toyota.
2: The outside noise that now might have changed their expectations, that doesn't change anything.
3: So everybody focus in on what we got to get it done. Wait, on three, one, two, three.
0: Now let's get ready to go inside Husky football with the Hawks. Dick Baird, Hugh Millen, Hugh and Millen. Dave Muller.
1: All right, here we go. Husky haunts every Tuesday at 3 o'clock right here on this very radio show, on this very radio station. Brought to you as always by our friends at Frostbrood Coors Lights. Refreshing dog fans all season long. And speaking of refreshing, uh, if you are one of these people who have been complaining nonstop about the uh, Huskies non-conference schedule, the cupcake quality, of the Huskies' non-conference schedule, you are about to get something different this Saturday, boys, as the peewee portion of the Husky football schedule is over and the big boy portion of the dog football schedule begins on Saturday in the desert against the Arizona Wildcats Saturday, 730. pre uh, pregame show, by the way, from the Dub Pub in Kirkland at 430. And speaking of big boys, uh, they don't get much bigger than this baby. Our buddy Dick Baird and my pal Hugh Millen with us, as always, on the Husky Honk Show. How are you, boys? What's going on?
3: I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm excited. Uh, I, I think that this is going to be a, a, a telltale thing for us. I, we're going to find out. Some special things in this first game. Yeah, like I think we really have a special quarterback. Mm-hmm. I I mm-hmm. I think the guy is uh, he's different. Uh, you talk to him, you watch him, and stuff like that. But yeah, he is so sharp. I I really think that that we got the guy behind the center yeah. which is it it starts with that I don't care I don't like I yep. hate to admit it to a quarterback wow. but that quarterback position wow. I'm telling you this kid is really special and uh, I think that uh, as the season progresses we're going to realize that you know He's not only their kind of guy, he's our kind of guy. <laughs> you know what he is? He's an EKG.
1: everybody's kind of guy. <laughs> kind of oh, guy every Husky's baby. kind of okay? guy. And, sure. and, Hugh, before you yeah. jump in here, just a few stats on Jake Browning. Number one right now in the nation in passing efficiency. Number three in touchdowns and number six in completion percentage. But there are some out there who will say, well, yeah, it's against Rutgers, Idaho, and Portland yeah. State. Do those numbers do anything for you? Yeah, of
2: course they do. I, I mean, you look at the uh, – the Preseason, as it were. I'm going to refer to it as the preseason. Think of it like the NFL. Uh, the NFL has four. Except these pre- count the, against uh, well, I, yeah, but, but right, so I mean, it's a little bit big different. Okay. Big different. <laughs> just, just work with me. I'm just. There's a little <laughs> bit of a metaphoric. I understand literally that 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 they count more big than Bull's the NFL. Excited! I like. It. I, I'm just saying that that I personally am am approaching those three games as the preseason. And so, what what were the objectives there? First of all, y- y- you had to win those games. Right, you had to avert a catastrophe. There couldn't be any Appalachian State type of miracle go against the Huskies. All right. Um, num- number two, you'd say, well, were they even close to that? No, the Huskies were were dominant in every way. I mean, now there's a few facets of the game, and we'll talk about that. Um, they weren't dominant in every. Uh, you know branch of the tree as we described or every leaf of the tree but they were dominant in the totality in the aggregate Um, you averted any significant injury I mean it was was spectacular so the Huskies did what they had to do and and Dick Baird's right I mean if you take one player on the team what is the one player that that you say okay here is a reasonable range that you could expect them to play in 2016 here's about as poor as we could expect them to play here's his floor here's about as well as we could expect them to play here's his ceiling there is no player on that roster that it's going to equate to wins the way the quarterback will jake browning and his performance could literally be the difference between four or five wins on the low end versus the top end nobody impacts yeah. a football game yeah. like yeah. that so for browning to come out and do what he has done uh no it's not against all-star uh, caliber co- competition but you know what? In this sequence, this uh, um, now five-game sequence, no, it's six games, six right? Games, six games, correct. In this sequ- yeah. yeah. six-game sequence, you know, hey, you know, he did it against Cougs, who had a very good defense last year. And, uh, you know, he did everything he had to do and then some. I mean, stop right there. You listed those deals. You could stop right with he's number one in the nation in passing efficiency. And, oh, by the way, there's two ways to describe a quarterback play, efficient, And productive because you can be efficient like let's say for example you throw for 78 percent but you throw for 136 yards one touchdown and 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 no picks you could describe that as very efficient you could have a high passer rating but productivity is how many yards are you throwing for and how many touchdowns are you throwing for so browning has been both very efficient leading the nation and big time productive giving you the yards giving you the touchdowns. Uh, he's had a spectacular preseason. Let's see what he does in the real season. Hey,
3: uh, he agrees with me. Write <laughs> <laughs> this moment monumental thing yeah, on the honk, yeah. So We're actually are on the same page there. But Well, you know. that'll
1: change between now and 4 o'clock.
3: But oh, listen, no, no. You can feel the
1: energy. I don't know about you guys, but I can feel it going through this room and for this football game on Saturday. Obviously, a lot of people have been talking about the Stanford game for a while, but We'll just keep that game where it belongs in Ah, in the rearview mirror for now and focus on Arizona because Washington has not won a football game in this stadium in 10 years, Dick. As a matter of fact, the last eight home teams in this series have won every single game. Every other year. That should have changed two years ago. They should have won that game down there, but we've talked about that obviously enough, I think, the last couple years on the station. What about this team this year in this game that you feel is going to be different
3: well, you know, I think they last year they proved that uh, Pete Kulkowski has a good game plan for the spread option game. I, I think that showed in everything. What we have to really bear in mind is we are now looking at three real good running football teams. Arizona runs the ball first, uh, Stanford runs the ball first, Oregon runs the ball first. All three of them are primarily built around the uh, the running game. So going in, I I think we've really played the run well. If you look at the statistics, I think going in, this this bears well for us that we we do tackle well in space, and I think we match up. And yeah. I think Pete had a good game plan against these guys last year, and has a has a pretty good number on how to stop them. So I mean, I'm worried about you know them really getting into warp speed, you know, and really trying to. Put our defense on the field for a long period of time, yeah. but the depth has come back. I think Jalen Johnson's going to be back in the defensive line. Good, and we're we're. I, I went through and did did a full depth chart, and we've got five guys at every single position. We only need one at quarterback. <laughs> I'll correct myself there, but we've got we're five deep of almost every position, and all of those five guys have produced. So going in, defensively, we may be able to stay on the field with this right. hurry-up stuff. But... Well,
1: I'm surprised that you even mentioned Stanford and Oregon there in your little projection mm-hmm. for the running teams the Huskies will face the next three games. But let's face it, th- this stretch right here, we mentioned this, you in the postgame show Saturday after the win over Portland State. This three-game stretch will decide if Washington is going to be, in the second half of the year, a national title contender, a Rose Bowl contender or an Alamo Bowl contender. I mean, this is what we've all been waiting for to see what this football yeah. team can do against much yeah. better competition than what they saw the first well, three weeks of the year. Yeah,
2: there's no, uh, no there's no question. And I think that there will be some question uh, as to whether or not that schedule hurt the huskies or right. benefited them right um
1: how could know, it benefit them besides guys staying healthy talk about how it could potentially benefit well,
2: them. i mean they're they're three and 0 they're healthy uh, and you know they haven't absorbed a loss and, and they haven't absorbed in, in, any injuries so um, um they've been able to psychologically i think you only got so many big games in you uh psychologically like let's say for example they had played uh, uh ohio state last week well you know they in theory would be more beat up physically and they would have had to rev up psychologically now would they be able to turn around and do that a week later when they're saying well it's just Arizona that that could have been right for the upset right so so now they had just a mild you know meek meager preseason and the Arizona game is now a big step up for them so right. they have their attention right. they they are far less likely to be overlooking Arizona so that would be a benefit now you come back and of course you're going to have to psychologically within 8 days uh, get ready for Stanford-Oregon and Oregon. but on, on to that in a second as coach Six Bar- days. yeah
1: 6 days for Stanford that well, game's on a Friday night i'm saying
2: i'm saying Stanford and then Oregon ah, got within you. an 8 right. day stretch gotcha. right, yeah right. Th- those two games yep. you're going to have to you're going to have to get sky high i don't think you have to be at your peak mentally to beat Arizona. I, I think you can show up with your, let's say, B-plus game and beat Arizona. Uh, you, I don't think you can do that against Stanford and Oregon. Now, um, you know, I, I don't think the players are going to think that, and certainly the players cannot think that. The coaches aren't thinking like that. Right. They're not talking like that. But if we talk reality, if the Huskies brought up their B-plus game, I'm talking about performance, execution, uh, emotional wherewithal, all of that. I think their B plus game can win this game. Now, maybe it takes their A minus, but I don't think it takes their A game to beat or their A plus game to beat Arizona. Uh, as Coach Baird said, now you face three teams that are going to be running um, and and presenting that running threat. What I love about what Washington brings and their base forty, you think of okay, how how are you going to get you know um, be vulnerable in the running game? Their inside guys, they are so they are war daddies. They're athletic. They're big. I mean, they got some guys. Think about how most teams run their run offense. They zone block. What do you do in zone blocking? You want to get a double team at the first layer and then send a lineman to the second layer to block the Husky linebackers. Well, when you have that type of athleticism at the defensive tackles, those inside guys, they have to hold those double teams that much longer to prevent the penetration from those defensive tackles of the Huskies. That means they're a second late. And they have poor angles getting to the linebacker level. That allows the linebackers to flow and make their plays. And they've got linebackers. They've got guys who can play in space. They've got uh, in their nickel package, they can get out there and they can have athletes all over that run well, tackle well in space. The only concern I have is that fast-twitch edge pressure. um, Because even running teams are going to have to throw the ball. I don't think they're great at the defensive end position. But everywhere else, nine positions on that – that defense i feel really great about
3: well i i just i know going into this game that uh this team presents a completely different thing one they're going to be playing at home arizona that's an advantage I, I don't care in in this conference two they've had an extra day of preparation if you remember arizona played last thursday or friday so they their whole team got together and watched the huskies last uh weekend and and the last part is that they may have uncorked a genie in the bottle because they changed quarterbacks from Anu Solomon, who is a real decent runner and has been the starting quarterback and they got a kid now named Dawkins who's about six three two oh five and and can run like mad and he He scored three rushing touchdowns in the first half and a you know he had four touchdowns in the first half last week, of course, it was Hawaii, and I saw Hawaii play earlier. But the thing is going in, we, we've we got a chance here now to, to take a major step. I, I so totally agree with Hugh in that uh, the, the people on the second and third layer of our defense are really good open field tacklers, and yep. that's what you have to be against this kid Dawkins. I'm telling you, what's interesting is Daniel Bridge-Gadd, who is the freshman that we're redshirting right now? Quarterback. Quarterback looks exactly like
1: Dawkins. Does he really? Exactly. He's he, playing his role. He's playing, this his, week. He's playing his role. Good.
3: And, and uh, you know, I think, it, and we really have to be cautious of the quarterback pulling on the read zone because that's what this kid will do. He would rather run the ball than throw the ball.
0: Yeah. And if yeah. they're
3: going to throw the ball, Hugh, they're going to do wheel routes, uh, throwback routes, uh, screen plays. Uh, Take some shots, but basically it's going to be not a real complicated passing game. They're going to try and fool you. But the, the Arizona and Rich Rod, uh, did you guys read the book, uh, Three and Out? It was the story of Rich Rod at Michigan. Well, I read it. You know, here's an interesting thing. During the whole Rich Rod era at of, of Michigan, one of the top recruits that caused him the biggest problem, Brandon Beaver who is our backup safety right
2: now. How did he cause him problem?
3: Well, he had committed, then he decommitted and went to Sark. So, uh, you know, we're in the book, but there's also some stuff in the book that tells you a whole lot about Rich Rod. I think, personally, he's the biggest ass in the conference. (laughs) That's my deal. I, I, you know, I like... Even more so than Todd Graham? Oh, I'll tell you what. uh, You know, we all have mentors in life. One of mine was Lenny Wilkins. Lenny had the best courtside demeanor ever, he was, and Don was the same way. Never changed his expression. We could score a touchdown, and Don would kind of give you a little yeah. grin, but it didn't change a thing. Rich Rod has the worst game face in America. God, and I, I hate the fact that television is always looking at the head coach. Goodness, and this guy is first-class ass. I mean, it's – you watch him. I mean, he loses – his kids come off the field and he just rips them. You know, I go, whoa, man, those kids got to go back out there. And why why could
1: that be something like that potentially important in this game on Saturday? I'll tell you why. If you can get up early on these guys. Yes. And Rich Rod is walking up and down the sideline ripping his guys a new one, there's a chance you could see those kids pack it in. Yeah,
2: it's bad energy. And and I think that you don't have to be stoic like Don James and – and, uh, you know, Chris Peterson is, is cut from yeah. that corner. You remember his
1: reaction, think- by the way, when they beat Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl? Chris Peterson, he just kind of pumped his fist back and forth like maybe somebody gave him a dollar. That was about it. Yeah. <laughs> they just beat Oklahoma. Yeah. You'd think he'd be flipping out, but he was composed uh, no, even then. But, really you know, composed.
2: you got to coach within your personality, and I don't think that's the only personality that that you can win with and and mold young people and, and be a, a good representation of the school and uh, and the values that you would want reflected Mike Tomlin for example coaches uh, you know with the Steelers Super Bowl winning coach he coaches with a lot of of enthusiasm and exuberance right but he um, it's, it's positive energy yes so he 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 doesn't choose to be stoic because that's not his personality he he is involved with the emotional part of uplifting his players. That whether that's a conscious thought or that's just him being him, that's how he coaches. And I think that's more than acceptable. And if a coach wants to coach that way, that's great. But to your point, you know that prickly demeanor that he and Graham have, I agree, um, David. Both of them, uh, you know, are in one A and one B. Um, you know, when you're when you have negative energy, that's pulling the team down. I, I mean, that's just that's an adversary you don't need to fight. Even yeah, yeah. even even for the Washington coaches. Um, th- there was times when it was a prickly week in practice. You know, if we had lost a game under Coach James, it was going to be nasty. Oh, no, you week, didn't talk until coaches, Wednesday.
3: Yeah, all those – And, co- you know, me, I would try and laugh all the time, you know, in my life. That's just the way I am. Don, oh, God, if you were laughing around, what's, there, what's so funny? Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. we lost. You yeah. know, <laughs> God, you go, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot we lost. But, uh, yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but what happened on game time – is then now you, you got a, a very, very strong sense that everybody was coming together, that whatever had happened all during the week in terms of the coaches being up your tail, in, ter- in terms of effort, in terms of execution, in terms of focus, now all of that goes out. On Saturday, we're all together. That was a very important part of the mindset, I think, in that Husky locker room on that Husky sideline. Mm. You don't seem to see that from Rich Rodriguez.
1: Well, listen, man. Big opportunity. No question about it. Starting this Saturday for Washington. I know that you were out there at practice today. I was out there also, but uh, I, I don't have the uh, the access that Coach Baird has, so I have to sit in the media room wait till practice is over. But I was talking to Elijah Qualls. <laughs> now, now, let's not rep this for me. No, no. I'm not going to give I, anything I, away. Okay? I, I enjoy going. Maybe, <laughs> may, maybe Dick will start tweeting some formations the Huskies were running on his Twitter account no, when the no. show's over. But I was talking to Elijah Qualls. The point is is that I talked to Elijah for about five or six minutes and didn't even talk about the Arizona game. Yeah, I mean, th- this team is relaxed. They are loose. They're having fun. This guy's talking about how much he loves kids for crying out loud. He says, kids never lie. They always tell you the truth. And he went on for five minutes about this topic, and it was incredible. They look like they are dialed in, and they're drinking whatever Kool Aid Chris Peterson is serving them, man.
3: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. I, I think that they really understand practices and how they go. I I, I think I'm going to go again tomorrow, just because. It, it, what else I, do you have to do? Well, my wife's in the hospital, and I don't oh. and I don't want to be sitting oh. there the whole time, so I'm going to go to practice.
1: she's now okay? i feel like a journey <laughs> rundown. Is she okay? okay by the yeah, way,
3: yeah, yeah, it's the last of her. Uh, breast cancer procedure. Gotcha. So, uh, all right. We, and so it gives me a chance to go to practice yeah, again. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you're, uh, I, I Hugh is so right. The attitude and the kids and the way they are uh, tuned in and dialed in, I, I really think we're going to get out of the blocks here. And, and get a win in this first game, and I will take a ten to seven. I will goal. too. Anybody here
1: want to take a ten seven win? <laughs> I'll, take, I'll, take, I'll it. take it right now. I'll take anyway, it all year. I'll take it the
2: week after. Well, or the I'll week be after concerned that. Concern as hell, but I'll no take doubt. it. No <laughs> no
1: doubt. Well, let's let's come back and uh, do we even need to go over what we saw in the Portland State game? I mean, it feels like to me that's all you want to talk about. One, that next? one little thing. All there. right, hang on to that, and we'll do that next. I want to come back and ask you guys about the run game. We talked a lot last week about the Husky running offense. Did you see anything against Portland State that made you believe that maybe it's coming back more on the matchup with Arizona as well. We'll talk about the two quarterbacks they may go to, and then uh, they got a running back, Nick Wilson, who was banged up in the game versus Hawaii. But the guy that came in and replaced him uh, ran for 170 yards uh, in his uh, in his spot. So we'll come back and talk more about the Dogs and their matchup with Arizona. Pac-12 play is here. The big boy portion of the schedule begins on Saturday, and we're talking about it until four o'clock right here on 950 KJR.
0: Now back to the Coors Light Honks presented by Frostbrewed Coors Light. The hus-
1: hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at thirty thousand feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's Chumba. Cas- and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you're ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.
0: Ski fans most refreshing beer and brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burian Toyota on Sports Radio 950 KJR.
1: All right, we're back. Husky Honks brought to you by Frost Brewed Coors Light. Whatever your mountain climb on, baby, don't forget pregame show Saturday before the uh, Dogs take on Arizona, four thirty from the Dub Pub in Kirkland. Postgame show to follow, seven thirty kickoff Saturday night in Tucson. Uh, let's go back to the Portland State game for a second uh, before we get back to talking about the matchup with the Cats on Saturday. We talked about this a week ago. Went back and forth on the Husky run game. Uh, Dogs on Saturday against Portland State: twenty-five carries, two hundred and thirteen yards, and one TD, courtesy of Miles Gaskin. Did we see anything in the run game Saturday, Hugh? We'll start with you against the Vikings. That leads you to believe that maybe the run game is on the way back. Uh, I, I,
2: I don't. I don't think that Portland State is enough of a an opponent that you could say that. I mean, the, the numbers were fine. I. I uh you know just in terms of an average I would have thought over the course of three games and this is you know one of those nitpicking things I would have thought that Miles Gaskin would have more yards right. and a higher average yeah. but it's not in that state where you say oh well this is worrisome I think it's more just kind of a hmm you know it's just something that you note that it wasn't quite maybe what a person reasonably would have ex- expected for example if you had if you to try ha- to hang a uh, over under on Miles Gaskin and, and be forced to bet one way or another. Yeah, you would have had the over under on yardage higher than it is now, and the average higher than it is now, and the touchdown runs no higher than it is. Yeah, uh, right. So I would
1: think he'd be over uh, like four hundred plus yards in the first three games of the year, and he's at what? What is he at right now? Two something? Is that right? Two fifteen? Whatever it is, two twenty overall for Miles yeah. Gaskin o- over
2: three games. That's a little bit surprising. So you know, you're seventy three yards per game. I would have thought it would be closer to one hundred seventy three yards yeah. a game yeah. than seventy three. So uh, what what does it mean? They've taken advantage of the opportunities, and and as we talked about on Saturday, those opportunities in the passing game. Had it been a, a Miles Gaskin show all all uh, summer and, and in this preseason, and Jake had not ascended, then we'd be going. Well, is Jake gonna really take us to levels that we want to be? While Gaskin has not been as productive, and again, that's that has to do with a lot of things that it has to do I was with say, Gaskin. Is, it, is missed, it him or the Gaskin offensive line? Gaskin missed some holes. The offensive line, the uh, attention and focus of the offense, and what they were taking—all of those are factors. But I'll say this personally, as a fan, I would be more concerned about the Huskies' high-end potential. Had Browning not been so spectacular, then mm. we'd be saying, "What what ceiling can Browning reach?" I feel better if you'd have told me. Let me let me state it another way: If you told me before the Rutgers game, yeah. That we'd be sitting there and saying, "Well, Miles Gaskin was was okay, nothing problematic, nothing eye opening." But Jake Browning was, in every definition, eye opening, despite meager competition. I absolutely would have preferred to see the games that we've seen from Browning and accept the games we've seen from Gaskin as opposed to the other way around. Well,
1: and you're also getting a guy who's not carrying the ball a lot in the preseason. He's only gotten 40 carries in three games, and over any three-game stretch during the regular season, that number probably is closer to 60, if not maybe 70 over a three-game series. I mean, Jamon Dotson's gotten 20 carries, Coleman's gotten 16, so those two guys combined have 36, while Gaskin's got 40. But you tell me, because you talked about the run game a week ago, you're barking all over the place about, oh, the Rutgers game, we can't run the ball. It's going to be better, Dave. Did you see anything that leads you to believe that it's going to be okay?
3: Yeah, yeah. I I, I was I told you after we went back yeah. and looked at film of the Rutgers game yeah, that yeah. he just missed on two or three runs. He just stumbled at the end. Otherwise, he goes 60-70, and we're not talking that. We're going to be fine in the run game. Number one, they haven't shown it all. There's blocking schemes like what?
1: St- what haven't they shown without well, giving anything away? Of blocking course, blocking schemes. Okay. Yeah, I mean D- different, they're, they're, schemes.
3: Uh, different schemes. Different yeah. schemes. I mean, they, they they know going in what they had. Do you realize in the first game who's our best receiver?
1: Right now, I think it's uh, Chico Ross. McClatcher Okay, and John, John
3: Ross. Okay, John Ross is yeah. probably our yeah. our number one guy. Yeah. Right. How many get balls did he catch in the last game? One. Yeah. How, yeah. how many did Pettis catch? Zero. Yeah. There are two top receivers. What coach was obviously doing is let's get Uh, Chico McClatcher ready to go. Let's get 15 ready to go. Let's get Will Disley and a sample ready to go. About 32. Yes, and (laughs) 32. If they they so choose to use him, right. whether it's a, as a decoy or on purpose, but there's no question. Buddha's got great hands. Yeah. He's got great instincts. He, he's a wonderful player, but let's not take anything away from the defense because I think yeah. that Arizona is better on offense yeah. than they are on defense. Let me
2: uh, make a comment on, on that. Um, number one, um, you mentioned Will Disley, and he he it makes an impression on me because when I watch the tape and I watch his form as a blocker,
3: Ooh, yeah.
2: You know what I see? I see a guy that's very well coached in his technique. I mean, he's just like a a, a textbook in terms yeah. of wide base, drop the hips, how he uses his hands, how he shuffles, how he doesn't cross over. Uh, I mean, he's he's got really textbook technique. And then I see the other thing is, and I, and I'm going to get graphic here for a reason. The All right, football kids, turn pants. Off the radio. Football pants. Oh, that kind of graphic. Football right. pants are like wearing, uh, you know, leotards at a ballet. It's very revealing when you see a guy's his hamstrings and his his lower body. He shows signs of a guy that has been working his ass off in the weight room and 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 the weight program for the Huskies. You see that in the other offensive line. They're not doughboys. They are. You you look at the musculature, their hamstrings, how they're popping out of their 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 pants. And you can see signs, you can see overt signs of of an extreme dedication to the weights. And those guys up front, when I see Jake Browning back there with this clean pocket time after time, and by the way, Disley is often doing a great job of blocking an end, or I should say from time to time, he's blocking an end. Those guys, that when you talking about the ascension of the Washington program, you can see it in the back of their pants. You can see it, and, and I know Coach Barrett, he, he he agrees with me. These guys, um, uh, you know, hey. Well, I, I don't have, look at guys' butts you know, as uh, much uh, as uh, you do. Well, <laughs> yeah, hey, you know what? It's 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 a it's a source of power. It's wow. a source of power. Everybody hey, wow. knows that. Hey. No, I'm just saying the whole thing. You can see that these guys are getting after it, and, and Disley is, is as good example as I as I
3: could name. And uh, and the fact that the kid is six foot four, two seventy five, playing tight in, and the other tight end in 88, Drew Sample, they bring in, he's 6'5", 260. But what kind of 275 is it, Dick? They're it's solid. A, it's a, it's a rock solid. 275. And you put those two extra big bodies like that out there against an undersized defensive line. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you, they're 6'1", 250 is the average size of... Arizona's defensive front. Yeah. So you put those two extra big bodies, and then you still got 15 who just happens to be 6'4", 245, and he's your street guy, uh, Daniels. I mean, the, that the tight end position gives us the edge. Arizona plays a 3-4. Is that right, down there in uh, no, Tucson? No, Dave. Yes, they do, basically. Okay. basically
1: because yeah. I've got, uh, you mentioned the, uh, the height and weights of the Arizona defensive linemen. So the front 3 247, 6-1, 247, 6-1,
3: 270. Okay, so I wasn't lying. That's what you're
1: talking about <laughs> at the Arizona defensive front. So we've learned that they're not very big. And we've learned that if you want to find out about progress for offensive linemen in the weight room, look at their tooks yeah. right? That's the key. <laughs>
2: uh, well, I would say everything – uh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, if you're going to squat – It all comes it, from it, your if hips. You're,
1: if you're squat,
2: you're gonna, your booty's going to get bigger, yes. Yes, yes. And by the way, I stood uh, in, in the end zone of Century League Field. I believe the Seahawks were playing the Vikings a couple years ago, but I was standing next to John Schneider – and he said, body profiling is a huge part of what we do. And he pointed right at that time, uh, the Vikings were in the middle of their um, their pregame warm-ups, and he says, say, for example, and he points at their right guard. And let's say he was number 66. I don't remember, but he goes, watch 66. He's going to get walked right back to the quarterback because he's got no ass. That is a direct quote from John Schneider. Body profiling is a huge part of what we do. So, you, you know, you can – listen – I like girls, nothing but girls. I'm married. I've been, been married for 18 years. Oh no, you don't all have right? to
3: talk your way out of this. But, Jesus <laughs> Christ, you guys are freaking children. You're a child, and you're a child. Really? Yes.
2: Both really? of you are children. Now no, here's in the deal. This. <laughs> saying, okay. okay. I mean, all right. You're I, the guy going okay. off about. Of no, I'm going buss- off because you know what? <laughs> I'm popping chubbies with that offensive line when I see how freaking built they are. Yes, and Disley too. I haven't seen a tight end like that play for the Huskies in 20 years. So yeah, say call, say what you want. I'm damn excited about this football team.
3: <laughs> you, you still, you, we were just kidding. <laughs> we here's know, the other part. We, we know Barrett. you don't like college here, here, boys' here, here, butts. Here's the other part. Here's the other part. When
2: when you talk about the the emotional lift you're going to get playing in a real conference game, nothing on on the offensive side of the oh. ball is going to manifest itself better than than the the, the tenacity that you're going to acquire in the running game by the offensive line. So if we're a little bit concerned about what they've done in the running game. Let those uh, offensive linemen you know, see some fresh meat, some real steak, and say, you know, this is Pac-12 steak. You go get it, yeah. and you go yeah. eat, and they're going to go after that. So the psychology uh, of wanting to road grade is going to uh, be in effect on Saturday. It's absolutely going to be affecting those little guys you talked about, those weights, yep. they're going to feel like they got tossed out of a bar by two uh, 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 bouncers. All right. That's what Okay, every one of those guys, when they get oh, double teamed on those zones cuz there's only 3 of them, right? You got you they're going to get double teamed on every initially and they're going to feel like they're get, they got tossed out of a bar about 55 times.
1: I really hope none of this makes the Arizona locker room. That's all I'm saying. Okay, I hope none of this gets up on the Dog Man version of Wildcat football. But, look, man, they're playing with swagger right now, and they should play with swagger. But we're about to find out partially how good this football team is starting on Saturday. Uh, They could have Jalen Johnson back, you said. They could have Brayden Linneus back as well at 6'5 at wide receiver. We'll come back and chat more about the dog matchup with Arizona on the Husky Honks brought to you by Frost Brewed Coors Light, refreshing dog fans all season long. More with the Dick and Hugh and Hugh's analysis of college football players' tushies coming up on 950 KJR.
0: Now back to the Coors Light Honks, presented by Frost Brewed Coors Light, the Husky fans' most refreshing beer, and brought to you by Washington Gold Casinos and by Burian Toyota on Sports Radio 950 KJR.
1: All right, final segment for the Husky Honks. Don't forget, again, uh, pregame show starting Saturday, 4.30, from the Dub Pub. Got a big 4 o'clock hour today, though. Walter Jones coming up. Bill Kruger talking some baseball. Mike Florio at 5.20 talking some NFL. I want to give you guys a couple of quick uh, thoughts from Rich Rodriguez who I believe you referred to as an ass on the first segment well, of our did, I show just, today. I
3: meant his uh, demeanor on the hey, sideline. Hey, listen,
1: don't back down now, okay? Yeah. Well, no, that's what You're I You're good. Meant.
3: I got you, coach. Yeah. Don't yeah. back down. Yeah, sure. All right. Yeah, yeah. So
1: Rich Rodriguez says uh, NFL scouts tell him that Washington has about seven guys on defense who can play on Sundays. Okay? You're talking about Kevin King, I think. You're talking about Sidney Jones, Buddha Baker, Azeem Victor, Keyshawn Biaria, uh, Vita Vea, Elijah Qualls, Greg Gaines. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of uh, the NFL potential talent on that defense right now, Hugh? Did you name King? I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah. 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 No, the, all those guys, I, I think. Had I named shot. eight right there, but he said seven, but that sounds right about correct, yeah. doesn't it? I like
2: all those guys. Yeah. I and do too. I, I'll tell you the guy that I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> I cannot wait to watch Greg Gaines play him over the next few weeks mm. because, I mean, he's had some Entman type plays yeah. where he's just, you, you know, uh, uh, indestructible. Uh, uh wrecking ball, you know, um, and, and I mean, it's fun to watch the mayhem he has created. I mean, he, he has got a great motor. He's got the strength to match his motor, and he's just been tossing guys, you know, and, and now can he do it at the Pac-12 level? You would expect not as much, mm-hmm. but I want to see his impact.
3: Okay, a very interesting thing going into this game, too. Uh, Rich Rod's offense, they take their big tackles, and they play them at guard. So their biggest guys are going to be matched against our big guys yep. inside, and, and the, in particular, seventy-eight and seventy-two.
1: Seventy-eight three fifteen, seventy-two three fourteen. Yeah, and they're big,
3: tall kids too. So the, their their big guys are playing guard. I think that's good because in space, I don't like either of those two kids. I mean, if you if you can disengage those guys, they're really not very good runners in space. So and I think that's probably why they got moved into guard in the first place but that's how they're going to try and match up they're going to try and swallow up our two inside guys with big guys.
2: Well, when you talk about that height, usually a tackle uh, is is a tackle because you want those longer arms going against the better athletes outside. So w- with the long arms, they would in theory those guards for Arizona have the advantage in pass blocking you know qualls and 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 those guys who've been able to create that pass rush it might be a tougher matchup but from a leverage standpoint in the running game and we've you've talked about how Arizona is predominantly a running game, from a leverage standpoint if you know those those guys can get underneath some of those tall guys and they should have an advantage there uh um, yeah, yeah. in in the running game. So yeah. let's let's see if they can get their pad level low and take advantage of their advantage, yep. which is being down underneath them.
1: No, I was gonna mention that same thing. So uh the right guard uh Jacob Alsadik uh, dick is six seven three fifteen. Uh left guard Freddie Tagaloa is six eight three four. That's 14. not guard. That's what I That is not guard. That's numbers. my yeah. point. But they've that's got those point. guys playing guard. Yeah, as Dick said, six eight and six seven at guard, and then you got Elijah Qualls at six one, Greg Gaines at six two. So those guys get on your hands and knees and blow right by their 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 calves, right? Make them get low. Is well, what you're talking about?
3: Yeah, yes and no. And it's
1: harder for a guy at six seven.
3: I, I I think a lot of it has to do with it. they're not a primarily drop back passing team. You know, they're going to run their pass pass game off their option and they're going to uh, get that quarterback to roll out of the pocket a little bit because he does like to run. The major thing going into this game is if they draw either of these quarterbacks, you got to make them sit yeah, in the pocket yeah, yeah. and beat you with their arm. Which because, one do you
1: want, by the way? Does it matter? Dawkins Solomon, does it matter?
3: Well, I don't think it really does. I, I would rather have the younger kid Because he didn't look real good against uh, grambling, but he came back against a really weak Hawaii team. I mean, Hawaii would get racehorsed by Portland State, I'm telling you. And so you wow. can't. I couldn't take wow. much. I, I, honestly, I've seen them play two games. They played two Pack twelve teams and just got annihilated. I
1: believe the game. proper term is boat race.
3: By the way, okay. Dick, I, I'll take horse race. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. Okay. You know whatever. Race uh,
1: horse 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 race car yeah, race. Yeah, you know uh,
3: the the fact is uh, whatever th- they they do a lot of up tempo and they put their big guys inside. Yeah. And they're no, they don't rely on the long arms. Because they're they have cut blocking. They're most of their stuff is they're going to get rid of the ball real fast.
1: Let me ask you this: So the Huskies, Hugh, kick off at seven thirty. Uh, I'm going to get to the Dub Pub early because Stanford plays UCLA at five o'clock. Who are we pulling for in the Stanford UCLA? There's
3: no question. You pull for UCLA. Stanford's in our division. You, you pull for you. You you root against your own division. So everybody. That's what it gets down to. Is you you, you get down to beating the cougars, the ducks, the beavers, uh and stanford. You know, you we we don't mess don't we we always root for the south. Except uh, this game, we want us to win. I just want to make I, I, that clear. I agree with him from a husky
2: perspective. Um you but, know, I got a little no, no and I have a little bit of a dog in a hunt, you know, from a friendship standpoint. I, I, oh, I, yeah. yeah. Know, I knew so, who so. you were rooting for. Yeah. I,
3: I'm just saying, Husky fans, we should What's, be rooting for UCLA. Yeah. Period. Yeah, because no, it no. puts a loss in Stanford's column. We go above Stanford in the if we get a win. But, and, you, get but, a and you
1: can't even see the other side of that?
2: I absolutely can. No, D- Dave, if you actually run a matrix, let's say an all-knowing computer that knows everything about everything yeah. that's relevant in, in a game of football. So
1: basically, Hugh Mellon.
2: Stop it. Okay. Stop it. Yeah, you take the tongue out of your cheek. <laughs> it, it, if you had a Stanford loss to UCLA, what would you? What would be the effect? You'd have a feisty or Stanford team, and you'd have a Washington team that, that can't help but, but but come down just a little for that Stanford game and a crowd in an environment that would come down just a little. Right now, the best psychology for the Huskies going against Stanford, if you're just talking about that game, would be Washington having the incentive to beat an undefeated Stanford team.
1: Two top ten teams on national TV on Friday night. they got to get by Arizona first. I'm totally with you, Dick. Don't even say it. But there is a part of me. I mean, I see your perspective, no doubt. But there's a part of me that really wants to see what that game could be all about on that Friday night, and that is setting up. You're providing the Huskies with an opportunity to maybe have their biggest home win in 16 years. If Stanford can get this done on Saturday. Dave, you're getting ahead of yourself. I know that. I know that. <laughs> just, just a warning. But if you don't have uh, if the you, confidence. If you go, if
3: you go little, any longer in this, I'm going to jump
1: Listen, you. <laughs> if you don't have the confidence that Washington can beat Stanford, that's fine. Okay? But I just think that you're setting up potentially a hell of a week for UW football in the national spotlight and a hell of a night on Friday night at Husky Stadium. But as you said... You got to get by Arizona first. You haven't done that in a decade, so get down there. Down there, exactly. Well, listen, man, it's uh, this is what we've been waiting for. You know, the opportunity that's in front of UW football right now is tremendous, and uh, you want fans to jump on the wagon. You want people to come out and support this football team on game day. Then do your job. Go down there. Get on the bus. Get a win, and get the hell home. And let's start talking about next Friday night, starting this weekend.
3: Okay, I agree with the progression that you just laid out there, and you know what. if we go down and and come home with a victory, I, I think we're in good shape to take on the mighty Stanford. Hugh, final thoughts before oh, we good, take man, off and get just, out of here? Let's just the, keep winning. Yeah,
2: yeah. I think it's you know in, in my mind it's like good to get the summer over and yeah. get into fall. Right. And right. I, I know on the calendar there's there's a little bit of um, literal aspect to that, but I'm I'm speaking more just kind of metaphorically for this Husky team. Now the fall begins. Now the season begins.
1: No doubt. All right, guys, great stuff. We'll see you Saturday at 4.30 at the Dub Pub in Kirkland for the pregame show. Kickoff at 7.30, postgame show to follow. Uh, We're going to get a break, uh, get the headlines coming up, and then talk with Walter Jones, uh, his thoughts on the Seahawks game uh, versus the Rams on Sunday, and Bill Kruger as well, talking some baseball. Rough night for the M's offense, no doubt, against a guy they should have destroyed. Let's face it, we'll talk about all that in the next hour on 950 KJR